0: This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers.
1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's your host, Barry White of The Knife Talk Show. welcome to the show everybody um it's knife talk we're here every week it's myself craig lockwood of chop knives Morecco momassi of momassi fire arts and jeff fader of fader knives how are we all you got mm-hmm. that like Wolfgang? you got that wolf wolfman jack voice going hey baby your peaches fuzzy ow it's, it's like a 3am radio for jack was more like yeah. this baby yeah
0: yeah there you go whatever that's <laughs> fine
1: craig how are you are you
0: okay are you last week you weren't here because we everyone seems to think that you're like
1: buried in in burning tires and pig (laughs) feces burning shit everywhere that's what's happening um the protests are still going on here um it's great because we live in the middle of literally in the middle of nowhere so it's surrounded by agricultural land so all everybody around here are farmers so they're all up with their you know with their pitchforks and then they're they're, 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 they're they're all with, they're with their hoes <laughs> hose, hose and pig shit there's a fine there's a title for us um so yeah so it, it is it is a bit crazy and it i mean just just saying then off off air it there's been this and you know over the last few years there's been so many different things where everything just seems a little bit apocalyptical mm. you know it's um, I had to go shopping the other day and it's like it's nearly an hour to the big shopping center. So I get there, it took me two, two, two and a half hours, completely empty car park. There's only three people in the whole store and the store is my, everything just seems weird. There's roundabouts where they're just burning shit on them and burning tires and it's just absolutely mental,
0: what mental. Weird. Why wouldn't there be people in the stores? Are they out of solidarity for the f- protest? Out of
1: solidarity, I think it's a bit of both, both solidarity and knowing that. Everything is taking an age to get to because they're stopping the traffic um, and they're sort of filtering down the traffic. So they're letting, you know, one car through a minute, that kind of thing, just to disrupt, just to disrupt as much as possible. And what's crazy, like every French person I've spoken to, they're all solidarity. They're all completely behind and they're completely supporting. Every Brit that I speak to over here is just like these (laughs) fucking
2: idiots.
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's frustrating. But yeah, it's just, it's got me thinking. I was driving back the other day and I'm thinking, I can see these burning tires on the side of the road. And I'm just thinking. But the last four or five years have been so, so mental, so, so mental, and yeah, it's almost like an out of body experience. Just looking at it, going, Jesus Christ! I didn't imagine any of this happening, you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you
0: know, the, the the French perspective, you have. You know hundreds and hundreds of years of violent protest in their blood in their DNA <laughs> they, they love like it. to fucking I mean you're just you know you're a minute away from the guillotine showing up yeah you
1: know? oh yeah yeah they love it any excuse to uh to, you know to have some sort of riot or some sort of strike or yeah just just cause mayhem they're all over it so, one yeah. of
0: our listeners sent us a whole thing <laughs> of the different things that's uh, happening and there was one uh, video where this i guess a tractor with a front loader was just loading a just a complete bucket full of shit and mm. pushing it on the front of a bank yeah <laughs> they were oh, just yeah. like i mean i was yeah. just like I,
1: no one's gonna get arrested huh I mean, uh, well, what's what's crazy is that, that so the roundabouts I, mean, I know you guys don't really know what a roundabout is yeah, I know what a, roundabout you know that is yeah but, um but so that the huge roundabouts everywhere in France and they, they set fire to them, huge bonfires. <laughs> and then they have like on the side of it, they have these huge, like marquee, these huge tents and they put a bar in there and all the farmers, they're drinking all day and they're blocking all the roads and the police are just standing there with them. Right. You know, I know, I know everybody's oh, wow. got a right to a, you know, to a, a peaceful protest, but when they're stopping cars and they're burning tires, that's, that's not a peaceful protest. You know, <laughs> it just makes me angry. Really angry. Mm.
0: And, and the protest is because. Just to
1: sum everything up. Just because farming subsidies, basically, farmers are not getting the government subsidies and the help that they've always had. Um, and, you know, things like supermarkets are inching extra money from them and all the rest of it, which, which I agree with. You know, it's terrible. We should be paying, you know, good prices for, you know, farming products. Um, but, the, you know, the way they're disrupting the public, so the public get on side, that's a very French thing. Mm. I think anywhere else in the world the public would be like fuck off, <laughs> you know. Mm. But the French, they just they sort of double down. They're like, yeah, we're with you, and and yeah, they'll go and stand by the roundabouts and drink drink on the I side of the road too.
0: record do you think in the United States that people stand with protest, violent protest? I don't think that people do. do what. I don't think that I don't think the people in the United States stand with violent protests. I think mm. they generally like they're not really. they are. You protests. remember June six, right? Well, I don't think that was a protest, my brother. I mean, I think that's <laughs> I mean, what they're trying to do. I mean, I, that was Just... really, I didn't really had, they didn't really handle that very well either. <laughs> I mean, you know, actually, yeah, there was some feces involved, human feces in the Capitol. <laughs> yeah, I was. Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that. There you go. There yeah. you go. We're, I
2: well saw, done. <laughs> I saw, too, at the Louvre, it looked like at the Mona Lisa, there were climate protesters throwing soup on the Mona Lisa. Yes. Yeah, they should have been throwing yeah. soup on the fucking burning tires to put the fucking fires out.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. People yeah. didn't realize they put glass in front of that. I mean, it just makes it very appalling because you think that this, you know, priceless piece of antiquity is destroyed, but you know they'll lose. They don't. They know that this shit's gonna happen. So they throw that oh, glass yeah. in front of it. You know, yeah. ain't no soup. <laughs> I mean, you just put given a soup wash, you ain't given no, <laughs> like a soup car wash.
1: Yeah. I, I just don't understand. I mean, I'm all for protest and the right condi- conditions, but, uh, you know, th- this isn't the right way, in my mind, anyway. But, well, yeah. protest isn't really <laughs> meant to be
0: convenient. I think I remember hearing... Yeah, uh, true.
1: Yeah, true. You true. know, it's supposed to be inconvenient.
0: The problem is they're I- making it inconvenient for the wrong people. You know, yeah, it's for
1: like, me. I think, yeah. For me. Yeah, for you. <laughs> and, uh, we, uh, so, because we live in such an agricultural agricult- area, there's not much going around here. So the farmers are loving it. Like all the roundabouts are on fire I think if you live in a city where there's less farmers around I think you know you're, you're not disrupted too much but for us here yeah, like Jesus Christ give it a break yeah, yeah. All
0: right. well there you go well you're back you, you sound everyone sounds we all sound a little bit fucked up everyone's mm. got something going on a little, a little bit little of under gunk. the weather
1: yeah yeah I think it's that tail end of the tail end of the winter stuff going on you know right sure no mm.
2: yeah. so what's been going on what have I been missing
0: Marekka what's going on
2: uh for me i i just i'm still working on that large integral slicer uh it's like an 11 and a half inch slicer Uh, i'm hoping to have that done the next uh actually what is it next wednesday because thursday which i need to talk to you guys about (laughs) i'm gonna actually be on the road traveling um but yeah where are you off where are you going i'm going down to south carolina where i'm going to be doing a demonstration at um winter strong which is a outdoor event put on by sornex outdoors um and it should be fun. I'll I'll be there with Jason Knight. um cool. we're gonna be forging up a frenzy.
1: What do you think, josh Do we sign the holiday off? to it what? Do we, do we sign the holiday off? Do we let him go? What do he, you think?
0: Yeah, let him go. We'll take care <laughs> of you Don't worry. Yeah. We'll do this fucking, this okay. fucking Hol- Holiday podcast. approved. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it comes out on Monday, you know who knows. We, you
2: know we never know who's gonna be here.
0: All right, well, there
2: you go. And then, other than that, I'm still kind of like getting things ready for um the my my. Damascus Forge, or sorry, 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 sorry. My uh my demo down at Travis Wurtz, at the Travis Wurtz hammer Inn in Casa Grande, where people, people can still get tickets, I believe, for that over at traviswurtz.com, uh, or I think actually it's yeah somewhere it's on Travis Warts Instagram, so it's either Warts Machine Works or whatever.com, and you can find it uh, on Instagram. And uh, I'll be doing some demoing there, and then teaching a class at the Desert Metal Craft School immediately after. Uh, It's a Monday, Tuesday, so if anybody's traveling for the hammer and, um, I guess, uh, piggybacking that with the class would be the way to go. Um, And I'm going to be teaching uh, pattern, like kind of the principles of how material is moving and how that movement affects patterns. So then we can use that understanding to understand how to predict patterns and reverse engineer patterns and plan and design patterns. So... It's a really good class, and then um, I also just want to give a couple quick, uh, or at least one quick shout-out. Neil Kamimura, uh, knife maker, Hawaiian knife maker extraordinaire, our friend, he was just recently featured on a show called On the Roam, which is hosted by Jason Momoa, and he's traveling around and and meeting up with these crafters and and makers and fabricators that uh he's a big fan of and uh he's i think it was like the third or fourth episode that neil was featured in with a couple other makers but really the episode was really featured around him Uh, but you can go find that over on hbo at least in the states you can find that on hbo max uh outside of the states i'm not quite sure but um yeah, it's a good it's a good episode for sure. Mm, nice. oh, try and catch cool. Look
0: at that. What TV rev- TV uh, suggestions right out of the shoot? Look at yeah. that. He will never get him back on. He's going to be too
2: big. Exactly. Well, I yeah. think it, it's great what he's doing, though. I mean, it, yeah, of course. That oh, he's see, you that know what? His, you didn't even ability ability. say no. You didn't
0: I, even say no. You said, "Ah, oh, well, you know, it's, it's great what he's doing. You're never going to see him again. That's
2: fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's great because it helps bring more awareness to our craft, honestly, because I, while there's so many people that know what we're doing as knife makers and, and hand makers of highly uh, beautiful and handmade knives, um, there's still so many more people that don't know that and i think right now the numbers for subscriptions at hbo max is like something like 94 million or something like that so that's a lot of visibility that's pretty rad so good for him i'm psyched
1: yeah definitely wow yeah. amazing unbelievable
2: hmm.
1: jeff what's to jeff? happening
0: What's been happening, uh, we had our Christmas party, Fader and I's Christmas party last weekend. Or you know, in January, the end of January, we went down to Chinatown and David and Allison and Tony came down and we had a great time at Namwa. had some dim sum, had a couple laughs, did a little walking, it was very nice. Very, very nice little group sesh. And we had a good time. Nice. that's great. And uh, I had too much salt. I, I definitely, oh. the next day.
2: You bust out I, a goiter?
0: No, I didn't. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't bust out a goiter. Is that what you call it? You yeah, bust, bust out a goiter. goiter in the yeah. middle of the night when you did you try one, one of those sweets. sweets? You can't sleep well. You just go downstairs to bust out a goiter. I, yeah, no, 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 no. I, you know, I, I didn't drink enough water. I didn't drink. I didn't, had no booze, but I, but you know, the dim sum sometimes is a lot very salty. So
1: it's the the pussy sweets, of it.
0: Oh, we got to talk about oh, that damn. coming up. Too. <laughs> you, you and your friend. You, you. We might have to do some ad reads for them, but we'll figure out that out. later. <laughs> so. so <laughs> so, and then, and then uh, we've just been pumping out stuff to, uh, on the website, we ju- we're we just finishing up some, uh, Dave and I just finished up some forks and some offsets, right? Uh, the your website is very well-rounded right now, and we're really happy about it. And, and uh, speaking of well-rounded, uh, last week, and, and no disrespect to our listeners, but I mean, I'm going to, you're going to, some of you are going to take a fucking beating right now. Uh, we had I had a customer who wanted to get a a t-shirt. And when I buy t-shirts, I don't buy, I buy the, I buy them outright. I don't do any bullshit. I don't do any layaway. I don't, I don't, I buy them like you, you know, I buy a good amount and then based on what we normally get. So, you know, in the, in the past I've, I've only gotten certain sizes just because the other ones don't work. And every so often someone will, you know, "Uh, you know, I never really wanted to, and then pick your size. So we had a customer who said they really wanted a, you know, they bought a couple knives and they wanted a specific size. And I thought, huh, you know what? I'm gonna go buy some extra sizes, extra different sizes. And then, hey, maybe some of our listeners or some of our my followers would like the opportunity because sometimes they bust my balls. I get a shirt, but you don't have a, and fill in the size. So I did a whole thing. And then like all of a sudden it's like all these guys, I I said p- pick the size you want and then I'll get it. I said but don't play. Do you want to you know let me know and I'll I'll just you know I got 25 guys want extra it's double XL. Got 20 guys who want triple a uh, triple XL. I got a couple guys four XL five XL. I take I took care of it plus some. I bought more shirts than I've ever bought before, and I got them. I thought okay no problem. And then all of a sudden I got up I get all right guys. T-shirts are ready. Fucking crickets. <laughs> Fucking crickets. Fucking crickets. And here's what I here's the here's the most annoying part. There's two circles of people. One circle of people who um who said, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I want to support you." And, and then another another group of people who uh also also they're the same ones that when they go on my website when i post something like a tip or something like that they'll dm me and they'll say i'm going to steal that lol Hmm. and there's this overlap of the people who want certain sizes and the per Uh, the bottom line is i screen capped all the people who wanted the certain sizes and i know who you are and all i have to say is there is a degree of demerits personal demerits i'm giving you as a human being for asking me to get this shirt for you and then just like clamming up so Mm. you know who you are and i know who you are so it was like it was annoying because i just didn't want to buy unnecessarily and then you know i got like 35 people who were like gone with the wind it's can i ask you a question please
2: is there is there a reason why you didn't do um kind of like a pre-sale like because I you know why because I just assumed
0: I wasn't gonna be buying that much and they're not gonna go bad it's not like I bought like you know 10 shirts with three (laughs) armholes I mean I'm not you know I'm not too worried I'm not too worried about it
1: specific yeah
0: I'm not too worried about it I just thought I would do people a solid and right. i i don't like doing pre-sale the whole point is is now i'm trying to get away from doing pre-sales because i'm in business here so it's like i don't i want to try to get away from pre-sales as i as i can and it's, it's it's also it's so much goddamn extra work merch sucks i hate it i told you this i've told you this a million times hats are good because there's one size but like when it gets down to like shirts and it took me all weekend to just bag them all up you know a like hundred shirts and it's like, it was just annoying and it was like, it was fine. So I just figured I'd just break the balls of some, a, a lot of people listening to this per- podcast. So I figured I'd just bitch a little bit so but then on the on, but i'm honestly i'm over it it's fine it, it'll be okay. fine it's just annoying it's just it you makes sound me over not, it yeah you well sound it makes old, me well. You know, i mean when i bring it back up again i'm just <laughs> all of a sudden i'm the rolling boil i was the calm as a cucumber before now i'm like a rolling boil The the but it makes me not want to buy merch you know it's just like all right well i'm not gonna fucking fall for that banana tailpipe again I did get to go with my high school friend to see the Knicks, and it was amazing. I love Madison Square Garden. As they say, the vibes were immaculate, and the Knicks are fucking number three in the Eastern Conference, number seven in the NBA all day, and it is so much fun being a New York Knicks fan right now.
2: The vibes are immaculate? Is that some of the new... like? The, the young people is that what they're saying these there's days
0: there's a there's a there's a there's there's a website called there's a instagram uh like a Knicks fan it's called big nick energy they're oh great i <laughs> love those guys i love big nick energy i love those fucking guys and they have like shirts that you know everyone that's funny you know bar stool sh- sells shirts and john boy sells shirts all these sports yeah. guys they like the merch is their thing so big nick energy has is i love big nick energy and, <laughs> nice. and uh and and they have this one of their things is the vibes are immaculate in it so Every so often, I bust that out.
2: Yeah. I got you. I got one more uh, thing from last week that I wanted to shout out for Craig. I saw that Noel Gallagher did a review on your guys' song, Don't Piss on My he Party. He did on two, on that two was of the songs, cool. actually. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Were those yes. real?
1: Yes, they were real, yes. So it we went live last night. And um, we we I didn't know what the review was going to say until literally until it went live and we heard them. And he's he's sort of known for being quite harsh, putting other people down and <laughs> harsh and direct. So I was sort of shitting myself. But I think it's good. I think the reviews are, are pretty good. It's quite constructive, what he said. Um, he didn't listen to the whole song, so I'm a little bit gutty because then he would have seen how you know, things panned out. But um, mm. no, it, there was there was nothing negative. It was all positive. What did he say? Um <clears throat> Um he liked that he, he kept saying whoever this kid is as if I was some young kid which, oh, yeah. which I was quite which I was quite pleased with. Um <coughs> um and yeah just saying you know the, the voice was there and he said about the song could could done with getting to the chorus quicker. Um but um but yeah I sort of agree yeah, and, and, and and yeah all good. And a, then
2: that's not the wor- that's not no, a terrible definitely not the worst yeah no I mean, no it's no like the, No. It was
1: all good it's not like they say
2: yeah you yeah, yeah, could have this. said it was fucking shit yeah 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 <laughs> no, yeah yeah which it which he did with a lot of
1: the songs he did on that on those reviews so <laughs> we got away very lightly with it and um yeah I was really pleased really pleased with that wow. yeah, that's pretty that was, fucking cool dude yeah
0: yeah now you're ready for your you know your I mean dreams do come true
1: well yeah we're, we're getting there we're getting there yeah all right. we're, we're, oh sorry go we go just sorry. today actually we've just um we're sorting out to because we're all married men with kids Mm -hmm. so like if we wanted and we live in three different countries pretty much like us three we live in three different countries oh wow um but the band members do too so we're we're trying to sort of put a sort of tour together but it needs to be just on Saturday nights, this <laughs> yeah, is mean, a very specific tour. So it's not really a tour. It basically involves me flying in on Saturday morning, doing a gig on a Saturday night, then flying back home. Then the next Saturday, doing the same thing for a few nice. weeks, you know, but, um, yeah, it's, it's all good fun. So we're playing all over the UK, basically Manchester, and wow. Cardiff. Mm. And yeah, it's all good. Wow. That's congratulations. Cool, Thank you. Thank you. I That's mean, that is fun. something pretty major. Well, Three it five is- fives. Yeah, it is a, a big thing for, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. From, from nothing two years ago to, um. Being reviewed by Noel Gallagher. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And you know, for me, he, he's, he's my songwriting hero, you know? So yeah, he's all good.
2: When, do you know when you guys are going to be doing that tour? Is it through the um, summer? E-
1: yeah. Well, no, um, I've got the dates here. So we start in March, end of March. Okay. Um, yeah. And we do basically eight weeks every Saturday for eight weeks okay um and then we've got a couple of big festivals I Think because it's all middle of the summer time um yeah it's all good all wow. good cool the vibes are immaculate immaculate, are immaculate. I, i'm gonna be using that today yeah <laughs> yeah <that's,
0: laughs> i dare you know your next song could be called they'll never know you don't know about the big nick energy over there in you no, france and wales no the vibes are
1: immaculate there you go that can is- we It that be a title for this please okay please. let me make a the note vibe, okay. the vibes are
0: immaculate
1: the vibes are <laughs> okay nice okay here you go shall we shall we get on with things why not why not okay well let's let's talk about one of our sponsors first of all knife talk is sponsored by even heat the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available to find your next oven go to even heat dash kiln Com. do it now okay questions we've got questions from you guys um we are knife talk podcast on um instagram dm us your questions and hopefully we'll get around to answering them this first one is from duck rabbit forging um he said okay so i'm in high school right i'll, I'll say this like a teenager okay so i'm in high school right do i get a job so i can afford more tools or do i just make knives afford less tools uh, but hopefully, be better at knife making. Okay, so he's at the age, he's at the age of finishing school, and he's wondering whether he just gets straight into making knives for a living, or whether he should get a job and
2: you know buy the tools and do it slowly. What are we
1: thinking?
0: What do you think, Marco? Uh
2: I think I think get a regular job and save up because um, it's hard to progress and continue to grow as a maker if you're limited by your tooling. And so if you can get a job and get the, that equipment and not have to be struggling to make knives so that you can then buy more materials and, or I guess sell them, and then buy more materials and tools, if you can just, you can probably work the job, go to school and still make knives at the same time, a little bit here and there with what limited tooling you have um, or what limited tooling you start to accumulate. Um, and honestly, I don't think there's anything wrong with getting a fucking normal job and getting a feel for that and having that experience to appreciate the knife making maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and I
1: think what you just said about get, you know, wait until you can afford more tools because having the right tools would make you far more efficient, then as well. Um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where I don't think anybody really got into knife making just one day from a cold start said, right, this is now my career. You know, Alex, right. Alex sort of Steel did, I think. Maybe. Well, he always knew he was going to do that, maybe, right. I think. You know, he was, you know, he's priming himself for that throughout. Um But, yeah, it's going from a cold start would be very, very difficult. So I think, as Morocco said, get yourself a job. Do a bit on the side, um, and as you earn in, and and also gaining more experience making knives as well. There'll eventually come a point where maybe you're making an income from those knives, and that that can take over the income that you're making from a job. Well, maybe then's the time to, you know, think about it.
0: This is a he's this is a very smart young man, and I actually messaged him because I just felt like he didn't want to have to wait till Monday. And my if I could look back in regards to my experience. I would have done if I knew I was going down this road. I would have gotten a job where the 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 idea would be you're we're learning how to use you're working for a job where you use your hands a lot, like as a fabricator or as a mechanic or as a. He's carpenter. a high school
1: teenage boy. He's using his hands a lot. Believe me, <laughs> the vibes are <laughs> immaculate. He's Or oh, he's
0: pumped. What did he say, Craig? Mareko. He's uh, grabbing a grabbing his gullet go a pinch in a goiter p- pinch <laughs> so, in a goiter so he so I mean that if you the best thing you can do is to is to get comfortable using the kind of tools that you're using when you're a, when you're a knife maker getting a job as a fabricator getting a job as a mechanic I even suggested to him like when I was in college and I really wanted to be an artist my dad said get a job as an artist assistant or as an as a uh, intern, and just call them up and say you'll sweep the floors. Mm. That's the move. You got to do something in the vein of where you want to go, and that would be not only a job where maybe you make some money, but also you get comfortable in terms of discipline and deadlines. When you're in a metal shop, you're not just fumfering around making a railing. You have a very specific, you know, they figure out how much the, it's gonna cost to make the railing, how much time it's gonna take, and their ex- expectations of mm-hmm. how you can execute in a very timely manner. You're gonna learn foundational shit that's gonna help you later in life. Um, I was just talking to Coy Baker at Baker Forge, and he started out as a blacksmith, but his ba- his business experience comes from running his family's paint shop, uh, painting mm-hmm. company. And he could not have created this business without having the business background from the painting company. So sure. it's important to kind of, if you have the opportunity to think about, this is what I want to do, have something that's similar where you're going to get foundational knowledge and information doesn't have to be working in a metal at a knife making guy anything that's going to give you uh that you can transfer those skills over with that's what i would do yep. and then i also told him to call steve pellegrino to tell him to sweep his floors he's in Philly. so
2: <laughs> oh i got gotcha. you
0: You know so steve he's gonna come uh duck river uh, i'm already going you know what uh, steve Duck Rabbit Forging is going to be on his way. He'll be over at around 9.30. I gave him your address. He's going to be over at your shop around 9.30. Just, you know, take care of him, okay?
2: So. Nice. Next. Right. Go ahead. you want it? Go ahead. All right. This next one's from K&M Knives. What are your thoughts when someone asks you to make a knife for a fundraiser? Do you give a free? give it free of charge? Do you charge enough to get back what you have in materials? Uh, I have been asked by high school, by a high school A.G. class, and by a conservation club. You guys are awesome, uh, but Craig rocks. I mean, who else do you know <laughs> gets salty vagina candy at a rock show? <laughs> God
1: damn it! I think that's maybe why um,
2: my throat is playing up, though. To be honest, the oh, so too much, on, 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 on too, too much of the candy, candy. <laughs> oh,
0: too much of the, too much the old vagina
1: candy. Ugh. Uh th- okay thoughts on-, on making life at a fundraiser um i mean he's mentioned that he's been approached by two personally i mean i think if you've got a an inv- no, an investment as I, I don't mean sort of financial investment but if it, if, it, if you're invested in this charity and the work that they do I mean, because I mean, anybody can come to you and say, oh, it's for a good cause, right. and and you it know, generally will be, you know? Um, but I think you could be doing that all day for the rest of your life yeah, if that's the case. Sure. So I think if it's something that you're personally invested with, um, I think then if you you know if want to help out, I think if you're doing it, you you do it. You don't then say, oh, I'll, I'll charge you for the steal or whatever. And if you're doing it, you're doing it. Um, but I think just, just maybe just choose wisely. Don't just do it because you've been asked to. Um, do it because you, you know your heart and soul's in it, and you really want to, you know, try and make a difference. So I think that would be the that would be the main thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot, of, especially the fundraisers I've been connected with uh, and nonprofits I've been connected with. If you look around, like uh, at some of the other sponsors, um, you know, I think the idea is that they're giving, but at the same time. Um, especially with like the local uh, college university here, they do a, a, a scholarship fundraising gala and it's, it's got a lead sponsor. It's got the secondary sponsors. It's got all these people donating stuff. And the idea is that they're giving, but also getting a little bit of publicity at the same time. And if these people aren't necessarily your target market, then yeah, I think like Craig said, if you're more invested in it because of what they got going on, or you're just connected in it to that, Community or those organizations in some intimate way, then then it makes sense maybe to try to do something like that. And then I think when it comes to um, when it comes to you know, do you just donate it flat outright, um, or is there kind of a like a, a contract agreement? If you do anything like I, I need to I can't afford the the cost of um, the the lot or the materials, so I. I I need to be compensated, at least for the materials. I think that's actually completely fair. And honestly, a lot of um, auction or or raffle or donate, uh, maybe not raffle, I don't think. But I think auction items usually some, sometimes work that way, um, where a certain part of it has to come back because of the, if there's a, an extreme loss. But if it's just like, you know, $50 in materials and kind of like whatever. Um, but I think... That that ultimately is up to you and what you can manage and afford. And again, if you're going to be donating, like I donated to this fund, scholarship fundraiser because um, there was a lot of the the higher uh, kind of like the higher earning people in our my local community who might potentially become customers um the the host of the gala was a celebrity chef so it was an opportunity to connect with them in a way doing that and so that's why i i I had done that a few times but i haven't done those in a while but there was an opportunity there to give as well as simultaneously kind of benefit from the interaction and the engagement. It doesn't have to all be one-sided. I think the, the, I think part of the idea is that there is kind of a give and take in the donating relationship sometimes, you know?
0: Yeah. I say give them an invoice. (laughs) (laughs) I'm donating this knife to childhood cancer.
2: Here's my invoice. (laughs) 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 I mean, I think another thing that's difficult, especially if it's being auctioned off is like at, at the price point of my knives which is a few thousand dollars it's it, if i'm not there to represent and be part of the thing then it's hard to really sell it and who knows how much it's going to go for and ultimately like that money's going to the school but it also for me personally i i'm like oh i feel bad i feel sad if the knife only sells for a couple hundred dollars or something right um so there's that aspect to think about, too, I think, when you're deciding if you're going to try to donate something. You, you, you got to figure out, which I'm still learning how to do, to just like let go of it and it, what happens to it happens to it. But at this point, I'm actually better off making a knife, either auctioning it personally on my page and then donating that money or selling the knife and then donating, like what, a few hundred dollars to a... a um, a non-profit or a fundraiser of some sort rather than donating the piece because um, sometimes I think, I think particularly for,
1: for you because yeah. you know it's, it's you know sort of the high end work that you do mm-hmm. your followers are into that high end stuff right. where people who go to a general sort of charity auction you know they're not necessarily you know knife collectors or you know sure. into you know specific pieces yeah that makes sense yeah
0: I got I for years I was invo- personally my opinion is: is if you're going to give it give it don't i don't like you know if you're gonna donate donate i don't get involved with like i need to you know you know 50 bucks and money back i don't get involved with that i just if you're gonna you know have a certain amount that you're willing to donate per year and then that and make it that and that's the end of it and that's what i would say i got involved and i'm probably even mentioned this before i got involved with this old high school friend who's the president of this of this organization and every year they have this fundraiser down in uh in in lower manhattan and it's this big to do and there it's a big auction and there's all sorts of stuff and there's you know local new york celebrities there and opportunities to get like you know tickets to see live jimmy fallon and you know being able to do some things and you know and then they always ask me to to do and put a knife in And I I just do it, and then they invite me to the big gala, and we eat some food. And it's just honestly, I hate doing it only because the people are just the worst. I mean, these people are the worst, (laughs) and the people are the worst. And and it's like it's just like it's such a bore. And it's and all I can think of is how long is it take me to get home, and all this stuff. and I'll never forget the first year, the guy who got me in his brother in law got one of the knives, and then the second year. Another family member got one of the knives. And then all of a sudden, I'm just like, and they were not getting, they were not getting, I mean, they were basically getting them probably a little bit more than I was selling them for. And then all of a sudden, I started to realize, and one guy said to me before, he's like, hey, do you think you could put in a different colored handle this year? (laughs) And all of a sudden, I realized it was the same goddamn guy. And basically what he was doing was he was winning the auctions And it was all a write-off so basically he was Mm -hmm. trying to put together a custom set of my knives over the years (laughs) and he was basically doing the fucking commercial you know like telling me what he wanted and then he was going to just outbid everybody and then it was a tax write-off and i was just like i'm done with this i'm done with this i'm done with this so that's funny people yeah (laughs) there you go Next one is from Black Rock Forge. Good day, fellas. I need your help slash experience. Sitting here handstanding. Uh, and every once in a while, these cloudy looking Hamon looking uglinesses show up, and no matter what it I do, it doesn't go away. Is there any way to prevent this? Peace and love, Adam Doherty. Now, I asked a couple more questions, and I will you guys talk about it so far. And then
2: I'll add on to it. Right. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I I did look at his page, and it looks like he does a lot of mono steel knives. And I think maybe one potential is this: just that the blade isn't actually fully hardening for whatever reason. Maybe the oil's too cold, or. Um, the the cross section of the knife is too thick, or he's not agitating it properly. Or, there's so many different things that could play into it, but that is in the past. That has definitely happened to me. I'm I'm going along and I'm working on a knife, uh, and unfortunately, I'm catching it usually in in the finish grinding when it's too late to try to get it back into the kiln to reheat treat it, and. Um, and then I just got to suck it up and either, uh, and most, uh, when those happen, they just go into a pile up in a drawer uh, and kind of forgotten about <laughs> with my sadness that comes along with it. So, um, but there's, yeah, you, you, if you can catch it before it's too late and you can reheat treat it, then I would try to reheat treat it. Otherwise, uh, I mean, it sounds like he's seeing this in the finish grinding. Um, and so... God, yeah i don't know what you do but uh, but just kind of go through your heat treating process and see what you are are doing to to get the steel cool because again, I think my biggest thing when it happens to me is especially with an integral knife is that it's such a large thermal mass when i'm quenching the blade uh depending on again depending on the, the materials that the the steels that the Damascus is made from and the oil and how hot is the oil and how am I doing a good job agitating it um those all play into whether or not I'm going to get a properly, fully hardened blade. And sometimes I I have had to start for a while. I was forging my blades and I was heat treating the bolster as forged. So I wasn't really doing any grinding, but the, the thermal mass of it was too much. And so I had to start doing some preliminary grinding just to get, bring that thermal mass down. So it's not holding as much heat in the quench so that I can get a full heat treating and transformation in the in the integral portion of the knife and avoid basically these unhardened areas of the knife
0: some people misquote them call them auto hormones but it's not auto hormones what it is is you've brought your steel up to the critical temperature and then you've created austenite and then you're quenching it to turn it into martensite and some of the austenite is not converting into martensite
2: yeah, it turns into a perlite or a mixture of perlite and ferrite. And yeah. Anyways,
0: could it also yeah, you're just be just not getting dec- a full
2: transformation?
0: Could it also be decarb.
2: Uh, potentially, it could be decarb. Actually, yeah. If it's if he's heat treating close to what his finished dimension in, he, there's potential that he's just not getting through all the decarb. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. That I've had that. I used to have that experience, uh, and then I tra- changed my heat treating. Uh, I got Dr. Laren Thomas's book, and I just kind of like. Went back to basics and, and it really mm-hmm. did make a huge help in terms of like killing the doubt of yeah. you know making sure that all there's no retained austenite and don't have any blotches or blobs or something like that yeah. that happens a lot
2: yeah yeah laren's book is a good reference for sure it's a good quick reference but his website his nerdscom his blog is a really great is even better f- for going way deeper in all the various subjects and stuff like that of, that he covers in the knife steel or, or with a knife engineering book
0: what do you think craig
1: i pretty much agree okay. yes there you go yes yeah Let's, but what i will tell everybody is i mean he measures his hand sanding i hope he's using Indasa rhino wet um it's what we all use it's the sandpaper that saves you time therefore saving you money and if you go to com. Where they stock in Dasa Rhinoet, they also stock a multitude of other things. Whether you're a knife maker, a a blacksmith, or whatever you want to call yourself, they've got everything for you there. TexasFireSupply.com, all the materials you could possibly need including in Dasa Rhinoet. Use KnifeTalk10 and get 10% off the order. Mm -hmm. Why don't you take Mm -hmm. the next question, Craig? Um, From Justin Miller. Um, As stupid as this may sound, um, I have someone that is trying to copy or take my name. Uh, I've I've been Florida Man Forge since 2019 when I started Blacksmithing. The kicker is that the dude is even in my town. Um, Do I give a shit or do I just ignore it? Thanks, boys. Just Insider. Um, Good old Justin. Just Insider, yeah. Um, So somebody's taken his name, but they're they're actually in the same town.
2: I mean. That's (sighs) fucking weird. Well, the, the guy
1: has to know what he's doing.
0: Surely. But is it possible, is it possible that Florida man has become this expression to describe people from Florida like crazy? Usually, <laughs> you know, like when we, on Full Blast, I have all this strange news and it's, a lot of it is like wackos from Florida, people in Florida. And there's this concept of Florida man. That's, this is Florida man. and Right, okay. So it's like, is it possible that the expression is very widespread and maybe, you know, it's it's wide enough spread that like people maybe think that they're being creative. Now mm-hmm. in the situation, let's just assume that the guy knows. You got you got two choices: confrontation or change your shit. You know, but and why does he have to I, change it? He's uh, no, been a, no, he's been I do there's either. two options.
1: I didn't say that. I think there's, there's three options. What are the three? What
0: are the three options?
1: The third is, I mean, you, you contact. It doesn't need to be confrontational in any way. And just say, look. I, this could be a problem for both of us, actually, you know? You, you, you're not just flaming straight in saying, hey, I've had this name for years, you know, you need to change your name. It's just a case of, hey, I've just noticed you come along. It's great, you know, more people in the area doing this. Um, But the fact that you've got the same, you, you know, your name is very similar right. to mine could cause a problem for, for both of us. Maybe we could reconsider a bit, you know? What do you think, Marekko? Going gently to begin with. Oh, that's what she said. Go ahead, Mareko. <laughs>
2: What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm actually looking at Justin Miller's page, and it looks like he's tried connecting with the guy, and the guy is ignoring him. He's not getting back to it. Oh, right, okay. So I think the guy fucking knows what he's doing. So, but So And the only other uh, Florida Man Forge I can find on Instagram is like some dude doing some kind of – janky boring blacksmith shit and he's with only his got hand like, is he doing it straight with bare hand <laughs> no but he, he's only got like 11 posts so it's not i don't think he's necessarily a threat but it is it is confusing and yeah trying to figure out how to yeah i don't know i'm terrible with confrontation honestly i really fucking suck at it and so part of me would just be like fuck this guy and blast him on my instagram <laughs> yeah,
0: that's confrontation
2: um, but yeah, it Ugh. does seem like he's Justin's trying to figure it out. He's just like, but he can't get a hold of the dude. I think you just show up at his thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> really make <laughs> with a big the... sign. It says, "I'm the real Florida man." Forge.
0: This is the most Florida man <laughs> our confrontations have become. Is <laughs> is just, just show up at his shop with a big sign and fuck you. That is 100% the motto of of the fl- Florida man. Is fuck you.
1: <laughs> you know, let's take some
0: drugs and fuck you. I, I, I be honest with you, I hate confrontation too. And like I said in the beginning, you can do a couple things. You can confront them, or you can just say, I don't, I can come up with a better name than this.
1: It's like, you know, what's your best options? You know, I mean, I mean, I'm I'm just googling now Florida Man Forge, and it all seems to be Justin Miller. Yeah, I've seen. so
0: maybe this is something. Maybe I wouldn't worry about it. Maybe just keep ride, just ride the wave. You know, I don't know. I, I don't like you know. No, I mean, I'm with these guys. I don't like fucking confrontation either. You know, I don't even yeah. like it when people you know, you know, steal my ideas. So it's like, what well, kind? How could if they stole my name, I'd fucking lose my fucking mind. <laughs> you to talk about talk about popping a goiter. I mean you can't make it up well popping a goiter
1: from this bitch. Yeah, yeah, those are the options I suppose. Yeah. yeah. You
0: need a fl- yeah. you know what? Ultimately Justin, you're talking to one guy from the Pacific Northwest, you're talking to another guy from New York, and another guy from Wales. We You need a, you need a Florida man to give you real <laughs> advice on this situation. We are not we are far from Florida men. Get yourself the Florida man. I know
1: somebody called Florida, Florida. Man. I know your, somebody call Florida man, actually. He's got a he forge. <laughs> you know what? Give him a call. Call Steve
0: Schwarzer. See what he says. He's a Florida man. He'll tell you what to do. And you get Steve Schwarzer to call him up and say, hey, there's only one Florida man for us, Justin Miller. Maybe listen, Hey, listen, maybe both Florida Man Forges are listening to this podcast. Guys, as far as knife talk is concerned, Justin Miller is the only Florida Man Forge. Settled. Settled. There we go. Done, Justin Miller. (laughs) You play that motherfucker to the other guy, and you're you're in good business. (laughs) Florida Man Forge is Justin Miller, period. Ah, solved, like uh, Judge Wapner. Perfect. That's not it's too old a reference for most of you guys
2: all right <laughs> is that like judge
0: judge what there used to be a show called people's court oh yeah and there was a on TV do, 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 show do, do. and this old guy named judge wapner and he would do these ridiculous civil court things in front of the thing and and probably the most famous he was is uh there was a dustin hoffman and tom cruise movie called rain man mm-hmm. and uh Dustin Hoffman played a mentally challenged person who would say I got a four o'clock I gotta watch Wapner and it was like Why, I got to watch Wapner gotta watch Wapner so ah. yeah so it
1: was gotta watch Wapner gotcha you. there you go okay
2: uh, who's taking the next I'll take it uh, uh, uh this next one is from Rancher Blades hey cuties I have a question or uh or topic I'd love some insight on what is the best way to prevent wood from shrinking um, I used some I used some snake wood that I assumed was naturally stable hardwood, but after about a month with the customer, it developed a crack down the spine of the handle, and I can feel the pin protruding about uh, a tenth of an inch on either side. I assumed this hardwood wouldn't uh, didn't need stabilization since it is naturally super oily. Um, any possibility altitude has an effect on it? It was glued up at 300 feet elevation, and the customer lives at 7,000 foot elevation.
0: So, boys, snakes snake woods shrinking. Yeah, what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you giggling about,
1: <laughs> Craig? <laughs> um, okay, so so we're, so this is an oily wood, um, which he assumed wouldn't need stabilizing because it's mm-hmm. hard um which is yeah generally if they're oily it's it can be quite difficult to stabilize anyway they don't generally take up much sort of stabilizing fluid um maybe it's an it's an age thing i think even if it's even if it's a hardwood and it's sort of freshly cut um there's still some room for sort of shrinkage there so maybe it's just it's just a case of you didn't have it hanging around enough i don't know um and the elevation would that make a huge difference i, I don't probably. know probably i mean it's yeah
0: elevation is probably gonna have similar i don't know i mean i'm assuming i'm not i have no idea i would imagine it makes a difference right
2: yeah yeah Racco, i don't know what do you think i don't know i mean i, I assume that uh kind of atmospheric humidity would make a bigger difference rather than altitude or maybe there's you know with altitude things get drier Um, anyways but I would I would think it was it has more to do with that but I unfortunately even with stabilized handle material potential shrinkage or expansion is actually, that's, that is that is a potential issue always with any kind of natural materials. And honestly, I think that's why uh, a lot of makers are doing more of these museum fit-ups, because it kind of takes that into account. And instead of it being, uh, you know, super flush with a guard or a bolster or something like that, uh, or even the spine of the tang of the handle. Um, can you ex- can you explain a museum fit-up and what the difference would be? Yeah, I'm getting there, actually. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Sorry. sorry.
0: Craig and he's getting there. You're, you're, come on, don't worry about it. So instead you think of everything he's, not cover, being, he's not gonna tell you about it?
2: <laughs> so instead of everything being flush, the museum fit up, the handle scales, whether it's a whether they're handle scales or it's a hidden tang, uh, the handle material is slightly oversized from from the hardware around it, again, whether it's the guards uh, or the spine of the or the tang or whatever, and so, but that helps to alleviate this concern of fluctuation in slight expansion or contraction because it already is kind of built into the piece in a way. Um, but you can't necessarily you don't necessarily want to do that on every piece, um, but I would say maybe if you know that somebody's going to be a completely different kind of environment uh, like air quality or humidity wise that might be something as consideration consideration to take in to account for when you are building the piece because because it's gonna experience that and then like i said even i mean honestly even if you, it's somebody in the, if it's florida man building a knife for fucking florida man number two <laughs> um it also it comes down to whatever kind of Exposure to excess moisture that the handle might be t- be experiencing or excess dryness from how something's being stored. Any kind of material, whether it's natural, unstabilized, or if it's being stabilized, will still experience an, a certain amount of fluctuation in, um, in its size from when you finish it to a year, two, three, whatever down the road uh, that that knife is being used. And it's just something that happens and you take it back and you shape it up and clean it back up or or, or like in this case, the scales have shrunk down. So they're smaller and everything. So maybe you can re sculpt everything, get back in and tighten it up. So everything matches again, but then that potential is okay. it shrunk down and then it swells back up while it's with you. I don't know. It's just like natural materials. There's always a back and forth. And so if you want to avoid any of that shit, work with synthetics like G10, micarta, uh, all kinds of, ge- all kinds of synthetics out there.
0: My card, you, my, um, some yeah. micardas do expand a little bit. Oh really? Okay. A little bit. All right. Um, you, it's hard to do museum fit up. It's hard to do museum fit up with, uh, full, uh, with scales. It is. M- mu- because it's still, that's not going to affect, that's still going to have the same problem with the pins. Marekko's a hundred percent Right my suggestion is is use use g10 i i have had i've made knives with un uh stabilized walnut and i've made knives with stabilized walnut and i've had <coughs> stabilized walnut that moves a little bit and then i've had unstabilized yeah. walnut that doesn't move a fucking thing so yeah. mm. you 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 just, he's 100% right it's it's like some of this stuff is rolling a dice, and frankly Mareko, i don 't know how you you do it. You do your beautiful knives with the thought that there is a chance that something could change yeah. one of the knives you 've done over the years,
2: yeah, yeah, and I get them back uh like i 'm actually going to be getting a couple more or a couple back for spa days uh, this weekend, and i 'm sure there's i think uh, the customer said that the handle scales actually did. Um, shrink down or the, the handle material shrunk slightly. Uh, so that is definitely something I'm going to account for. And that even if where they live is super different, it's it's actually the um, the atmosphere within the environment where it's actually at, like in somebody's house. So somebody might be in a super humid place, but they keep their house really dry. That's going to affect the handle material too, right? Um, mm. And so, yeah, it's Ugh. just something that has to be addressed from time to time. Dang
1: yeah an awkward one that really isn't it yeah okay falcon knives ak um says hey guys question about tempering i understand how to do it and why it's needed but i don't fully understand the process as a whole um for your common blade steel why do they recommend two temper cycles instead of just one if I don't have the time to temper two cycles in one day, does it do any harm to the steel to wait overnight between cycles? And he says, why do you need to hold for two hours? it just to ensure the steel is at the same temp all the way through. And does cooling the blade faster or slower between cycles change anything? So I know this is a pretty loaded question, but any help on these subjects would be greatly appreciated. Thank you and congrats on the big 3 double O.
2: This must be an old one. Some, that was some time yeah, ago, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you guys think? Like?
0: Um, I remember when we had on Doctor Laren Thomas, and I don't remember why he said you do two courses at 200 degrees, uh, two uh, hundred degrees, two four hundred degrees for two hours a pop. The only thing I remember was he says it if cooling it down after you heat after you temper it doesn't make a difference if you let it cool by itself or you quench it after it's after it's tempered. He said that doesn't make a difference. The only difference it would make is if you're shim tempering, you're trying to fix a warp, leaving it clamped in the bar. That's you know over uh, over over compensating for the bend. It's better to do it in let it cool down to room temperature, by itself. Mm-hmm. But what do you think, Marak? You you probably have a better understanding why it's two hours, two times.
2: Well, I I already had my own thoughts, but I did look up on. And I literally just searched knife steel nerds tempering. And one of the first articles that comes up is, uh, an article titled what happens during tempering of steel. Um, and so Laren definitely gets into it, but essentially the short of it is that as a knife is tempered through the first cycle, um, there's almost always retained austenite. So, when, so sorry, when we heat the blades up really high above critical, we're transforming the the steel into an austenite phase. And then our goal, when we quench it, is for it to transform into a martensitic phase uh, or structure. And that gives us our hard, wear-resistant, uh, edge-holding steel. But there's always some amount of austenite that's retained after that transformation of it to martensite. And it, it's retained and... And it stays there, and so when you go through your first heat or tempering cycle to um, help pull some of that ex- that hardness down, which uh, helps toughen up the knife so it's not brittle like glass, um, some of that retained austenite kicks over and transforms into untempered martensite, um, and it's you don't know where or when it's happening, so you want to go at least through a second cycle to then temper any austenite that's transformed into untempered martensite and that second round again is just reinforcing the temper you did the first time around as well as tempering the second round or uh that newly transformed martensite um and then you can go a third time uh for good measure but i don't think it's really too necessary for a lot of the knives that we're making um but i will say um It is important that it comes down to room temperature between cycles. Um, So if you can't, if you, so leave, you know, he's asking if, is it bad if I only do one and then come back the next day and do the second one? No, I don't think that's bad. Um, And if you're doing it all in, all in one go, like I have my kiln set up to, to do the temper cycles overnight, but it has to come all the way down to at least 50 degrees um before it goes back up which is essentially kind of an, an ambient room temperature and so and that takes time I, and, and so another question he has in here is like does it matter how quickly it cools or how slow it cools that doesn't like jeff was just addressing that doesn't really affect it but what is important is that it does come down to room temperature before going back into a second heat treat or tempering cycle i think part of the reason you want to do it uh, a two-hour temper cycle too which is part of his question is that sometimes depending on the thickness of the knife depending on the the machine or the kiln that the knife is being tempered in um, it can take upwards of half an hour just for the blade to come up to temperature uh, because it's just sitting in an ambient air environment now if you're heat treating and tempering out of salt baths Um, that's different because you have a fluid that's physically in contact and physically like directly transferring heat where when it's in the ambient air of a kiln like most of us are using it just takes longer and and so it can take a while and so once it finally gets up the temperature at that point, you want it to have a decent amount of time. And those times are based off studies and and all these different tests and stuff that Laren's blog and Laren's Dr. Laren's blog and book both go into much more detail about, Um, but you just do basically (laughs) just do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what I've heard is you want at least an hour at, at your tempering temperature. So if you want at least an hour, that doesn't mean you set your your timer for an hour. That means you set your timer for an hour and a half, so it has time to come up to temperature and then stay there and soak for that hour before coming back down. I like doing two hours because why the fuck not? And I got plenty of other shit to do, and so I'll I'll I just do the two temper. I do two temper cycles at uh, for two hours each. And, and with the uh, coming down to room temperature in between, because that's just all part of it. But yeah, get Laren, Dr. Laren Thomas's book, Knife Steel Engineering, which we've already obviously referenced a few times. Uh, it is a really good reference for people. Uh, and you can get more information, more in-depth information on his blog, knifesteelnerds.com.
1: Yeah. I've got a related question okay. actually, um, which Morocco, I think you should be able to answer for me. Um, when doing the initial heat treat, so not the temper, yep. um, the actual hardening, um, what is the difference between putting the knife in a cold oven and letting it heat up and then going from there to heating up the the kel then
2: putting it in at heat um I think ideally it i mean again- again it can vary mileage varies between machines and even uh, different brand, not only different brands, but even different machines within the same brand, based on size, and, and all that. I think the goal is, or for me, I I like the temp, the the kiln to come up the temperature, and then I give it about half an hour to stabilize because depending on your ramp speed, it can take a while actually for things to kind of level out. Um, before it's actually comfortably hovering at whatever your tempering temperature is and at that point that's when I put my ki- my, my knife in because though it takes time for the blade to come up at the temperature um, if if the blade if you're doing like a batch and some of the blades are a little bit closer to the heating coils whether it's at the tip or on the sides or whatever um, and your ramp speed if your ramp speeds like full bore then that knife is, going to be, uh, there's a high likelihood of that knife being exposed to higher temperatures than you actually want and over-tempering rather than letting the forge or sorry, the kiln come up to temperature, giving it, again, about half an hour to let it kind of level out and then put your work in to let it go through the temper cycles.
1: So would there be any harm in putting the knife in a cold cold kiln and just leaving it there for that ramp-up, though?
2: Um, I, I would say if if your ramp up speeds are slower or lower or yeah lower and slower then I think it should be fine like I have mine set to um, tw- I think it's 1200 or 1250 an hour which means I'm getting to my what is it 375 degree temperature uh ideally in about 15 to 20 minutes so really that's not big of a deal but you, I, I still think before you start your timer, you still want to give it that time once it's reached temperature to stabilize and then start yeah. clocking after that. So the
1: danger is that the, the overheat yeah, overheating stabilize stabilized. I've got you, yeah.
2: Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. At least that okay, would be my ge- concern.
1: Yeah, okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, You guys look down those questions see if there's anything that jumps out that you really want to answer. We have
0: to get the listener feedback.
1: Okay, exactly, exactly. Let me tell everybody about... Dharma Steel, who we've been working with for some time now, uh, they make um, premium grade um, um, stainless Damascus, I suppose. Uh, the most beautiful, beautiful stuff, amazing patterns. Um, we work with them every year on the, the, the Chef Invitational, which is their award ceremony. We get to see amazing, amazing pieces that people are making. Um, so, yeah, if you're looking for something special, Dharma Steel is the stuff you need to look at. DharmaSteel.se. Don't be put off because everybody we speak to, they're always surprised how easy it is to work with. Um, so go take a look at Um And we've got news very soon about next year's build-along, which is going to be far bigger and far better than ever,
0: ever before. And the new promo code is, once again...
1: Is Dharma Steel ten? No, Knife Talk ten. No, it's just Knife Talk. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's Knife Talk ten. Sorry. Yes. So yes, if you if you um, get on DharmaSteel.se, pick your piece um, and use Knife Talk ten at checkout. You'll get ten percent off too. All right, guys. Also, Dharma Steel AB on Instagram. Go check them out,
0: <clears throat> guys. If you want to participate with the show. You've got to follow Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. You can send us your questions, your dilemmas, or your listener feedback. We're gonna do listener feedback now. And the first one comes from our friend Kyle Heath, which is an audio, an audio <laughs> clip. <laughs> wow. So he okay. he said in the last episode uh, titled Blame the French. You know something to do with i don't know how the ads work uh, craig you can explain how the ads well how do the ads work there are ads that are thrown in every so often how do the ads
1: they're work? dynamic yeah so we don't put them in um we we literally say put one in the middle one at the end and one at the beginning um and the way it works in it's almost like the way google throws ads at you when you're googling stuff it'll google stuff that's relevant to you it, it'll flip up ads that are relevant to you so the ads are put in dynamically per listener so all of our listeners won't have the same ads they are, they should be specific to you and we've got no say in the matter with that <clears> at so, all
0: so you're what you're saying is, is the clip i play is if it's an ad it is completely due to what kyle heath is listening to or interested in
1: what in they life. think he'll be what they think he'll be interested okay, in right. yes okay. yeah, so
0: yeah. he said he sent me an audio clip <laughs> and he says this might be the funniest ad placement of all time let's see how this. <laughs> let me see if i get this to work
2: <laughs> all right this next one's from paul jansen he says when you first got started did you find your skill level was about milk science it's a thing and it's our thing we are by heart our mission is simple is that one. breath right,
1: this from paul he
0: says, did you hear that
2: he you what was it he if you were same. asking
0: a question it says from paul yeah. jant do you want oh, to play it just, again or you or, oh why well, i
2: heard that it cut me it like it just cut dove into in you right in i'll play it one more time one more time okay.
0: right ra- just like the radio i'm gonna lower it a little bit wow shit one more time hold on hold on <laughs> just hold the fuck this is a real radio a lot of dead show.
2: air happening well, well just I joking.
0: mean, you know, I mean, jeez, you know, don't worry about this. Well, so fill the dead <laughs> air. What's the matter with you? You're doing <laughs> it. You're doing nice. it. <laughs> All right. This next one's
2: from Paul Jansen. He says, when you first got started, did you find your skill level was about breast milk science? It's a thing. And it's our thing. We are the Our mission is
1: simple. Bre- <laughs> breast milk science. Breast milk science. So it's right, a couple of questions there. So, <laughs> Paul Jansen was asking first about well, breast milk. No. What the, no. He- what the hell is breast milk science? And Kyle, what have you been Googling for them to think you're interested Kyle, in breast milk? Yeah, Kyle, science? this is
0: funny ad placement, but <laughs> it's very telling on some of the things that you're interested in. Um, the next listener feedback comes from our friend Knives by Nuge. Last episode, we were talking about uh, eye protection, and he says Knives by Nuge. If you're not following Knives by Nuge, he's making it happen. Love Tom, he's a great guy. I'm not trying to harp on shop safety too hard, but I've had a shop accident that happened that could have easily been prevented with basic eye protection. Earlier today, I stepped on a dog turd. I had the bright idea of blasting it off with compressed air. Well, I quickly got a blast of dog shit (laughs) in my face and a bit in my eye. Wear your protection, folks. You never know when shit will hit the fan. Oh, jeez and he, he says he hasn't gotten pink eye yet so yes um that's nasty, gross nasty that's probably the li- i just don't know why i would think about using compressed air to knock dog dog shit <laughs> off my shoe but tom I, well, listen <laughs> I, I salute your and you know why not right that's experience right you'll never do that again uh kurt kamyati kurt kamyati says i want to thank you and give you credit for the idea of using rubber bands for epoxying hidden tang handles i made a jig to hold the blades upright and with rubber bands to hold the perfect tension for the epoxy to cure now i don't have a vice that loses the tool uh now i don't have to lose my vice and lose that tool while these cure for 24 hours thanks for the tips guys uh, that you give each episode so he, <laughs> it was directed to me but i started with the hidden tang knives, I started using rubber bands to kind of, you know, do the compression between a hidden tang knife, and I swear to God, it was, it was the most convenient way. I would take two pieces of wood, like two popsicle sticks, and I would clamp them to the top of the blade. So there was it was like a, making a T, and then I'd have a rubber band going under, going all the way down from one side of the T around the bottom of the wood and to the top. And it was the perfect amount of compression. I'd been doing that for a long time. And then I don't have a, clamp, a million clamps. and I don't have to worry. And I made this little like uh, thing that holds them all, and it really was convenient. So you're welcome. Nice. Uh, this one comes from our friend, the Ken Cutler. Here's a good tip uh, on stone washes. I've been a fan of stone wash blades for a long time. Easy to service, less fussy, much quicker to finish. I finish up at 220 on the machine, then sandblast with 120 grit media and straight into the tumbler. Bob's your uncle. Uh, when it's time for service, just tape everything up, sandblast, and tumble and get it out the door. Jake, I've got to get a sandblaster.
2: I yeah, I think that's the move, especially for somebody like you doing like you know a high number production.
0: Yeah, <sighs> sandblaster would be a good move. That that's going to be the next the next thing. I, I I've been the the stone wash finish is a really nice finish, and it's and especially on stainless. And that's the thing on stainless, it really is a nice finish. I got to get a sandblaster.
1: Yeah. Uh, Tim. Team- oh yeah. So he's, sorry, he's taking this to just two twenty then back into a a rougher media and the the, right okay God that would speed things up so yeah do you do do you do stonewash finish Craig I've never ever done one no no it's really it is really good you know who
0: does a really good stone finish once again uh, Matt Gentry kind of gave me his how he does a stonewash finish and uh, what I'm amazed in is how the acid really goes well with the stainless like Mm. you'd think that it would resist a little bit but it doesn't at all makes it dark he he was saying that uh stonewash finish on carbon steel knives is much harder than to do with a uh stainless knife and i I saw the aebl and the 440c does great 440c takes longer to get darker but it gets super dark um and then it looks great both both look great all right tim kingsford says talking about people giving you a fright while you're working we were talking about, you know, you're working and then all of a sudden someone walks in and you jump out of your skin. My wife loves to try to sneak up on me while I'm working and just stand behind me until I turn around and jump out of my skin, oh, making, very, making very unmanly noises. She takes <laughs> videos of it every time and I've got a bad feeling there's a compilation being made. Oh, sweet. Tim Kingsford's wife. How dare you, madam, embarrass your husband like that.
2: <laughs> also when she posts yes. it you gotta send us a link exactly yes yes <laughs> yeah.
0: that's, that's unfortunate chris Dobbs says have you uh you guys should get craig to do a, to do that candy as a sponsor lma <laughs> so what i thought about was maybe we should practice an ad read how would an ad read sound for the vagina
1: flavored candy <laughs> Craig, Craig, you
0: think you can do a quick ad read off
1: the? Cuff? Um, I'll get when pre- I'll get we prepared for next week. I uh, promise you, can't you. Just do one right off the. Cuff. I promise. I I'll, I'll do a Japanese accent. Oh no, and I'll you will not somebody. do a Japanese somebody. accent. I'll offend somebody. You will not do whack. a Japanese accent. There will be no Japanese
0: accents on this episode. On next episode of fucking life talking, whack job. Jesus Christ! You think the French are going to come after you? Oh my God! No
1: accents yes, yes. Because that's what i'm saying that's what i said give me a week and i'll sort something if i try and do it off the cuff i'm going to offend oh, you th- oh so that's no, it no, no. if
0: you do one today it's going to be straight to jappy's accent <laughs> yeah, yeah, get yourself yeah. out of there all right well next week guys we have to do an act we have to do an accentless. <laughs> all right everybody get your <laughs> do you have that you ever have that feeling where you have that, you have that you can't get that taste out of your mouth ladies and gentlemen <laughs> All right, so we got to do that next week. And then uh, Hobby Hawk Knife says, Hey, gents, here's a little feedback for you. Thanks, Jeff, for the recommendation. Blue Eyed Samurai has to be one of the best series I've watched in some time. Saltburn, however, not for me. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, I'd rather be sanding Coco Bolo in the nude than watch that crap again. All the best. Wow. So really Jeff, didn't like it. Jeff won. Jeff won. Marecco and Craig, two, zero. Uh, on the oh, movie, wow. re- re- <laughs> uh, requests. However, I get a demerit because one guy before Angry Angry Norm Angry Gnome said he was mad that I suggested cause he, he he didn't like all the nudity and blue eyed samurai. So actually, I'm back really? to zero. all right
1: he especially just watch Saltburn as well. Then yeah.
0: I, I, you know what? After you guys talked about Saltburn, I said to my wife, I said, "Is there anything about Saltburn? What do you know about Saltburn?" She goes, "Well, my coworker told me everything because I just didn't want to see it." And she explained what was happening. And I was just like, eh, "There's no way I'm watching this fucking movie. There is zero way. I have no interest. I have no interest in." <laughs> these mainstream movies dipping their toes into, like, weird, gross, jackass, like, sexual proclivities. It's like, I ain't no
1: interest in that. Uh, but the, the, the thing is, it's they, – they're, they're just moments in the film. And the film itself is, is just so beautifully right. shot and so beautifully yeah, done. Yeah. Um But, yeah, they are, like, jarring moments. They're like, whoa.
0: Yeah, it's like – I heard about it, and I'm just like, yeah – yeah but, uh, i'm not interested not There's for me i'm not interested in this uh justin stinson our this is our good friend justin stinson running man forge <sighs> last week we were talking about san mai and he said this uh it was about cracking and when, when you heat treat the San mai, people this guy was saying it was his were cracking you know, problems justin says in regards to san mai zipper cracks you may be able to grind down to clean steel I've had a handful of them with wrought iron cladding, uh, and the cr- a, with a crack in the core steel. I've saved some of them by grinding on the spine a couple millimeters. It's part of the. It's just part of the game. Cheers. Mm.
2: Interesting.
0: Mm. Justin's a fucking awesome knife maker too. So,
1: and you know what? If you are grinding those down too, Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code KNIFETALK15. Do
0: it now! And, and just, to, and just to, to give a shout-out to our friend Brian House. Brian House, on this week's episode of uh, the Work For podcast, almost beat the shit out of somebody at a Tool concert. He's telling, he's telling a story where he's standing there all 50 years old of him, standing at a tool concert and some <laughs> dudes next to him got drunk and started vomiting oh started vomiting oh, all over the place Jesus and and then the and then the the pride the the real Florida man came out Brian house turns <laughs> these motherfuckers and said get that guy out of here and he's told he's fucking got these guys to move their asses you know, old man Brian took care of shit Right. And he's and yes. meanwhile he's standing there in a pile of barf. Ugh, so terrible. shout out to shout out to the Work for Podcast for <laughs> yes, I think yeah. I think the episode is called Pukarama or something like that too. So really right oh my god. Oh,
1: and Brian was on full blast this week as well. He with, was we had a good
0: time Jeff. and he mm. he uh, yes the answer is yes he was a, he was very good. He's always very good to get the voice of the you know he he got a voice that's great and he's a very nice guy. He's a good friend of mine. He's uh, he's I like Brian very much yeah we can
1: keep going or we go back to questions whatever you want let's go do a few questions but let's first of all let's tell everybody about MaritimeKnifeSupply.com um they've got everything you need they're the one-stop shop for knife makers steel belts handle materials tools forges kills and more. Basically, anything we t- anything we talk about in the show, um, Lawrence gets it in stock. They're the Canadian distributor for combat abrasives. They also sell Rhino Wet and Rhino Stick. They've got it all. maritimeknife dot uh, Go take a look. And they're also Maritime Knife Supply on Instagram. Definitely worth a follow up because they'll often put up deals that kind of Speaking thing.
0: Speaking of which, last week we were talking about flattening. Mareko and I were talking about flattening. What? What? Are you laughing or is that coughing? Sorry. Oh, yeah. oh I thought you were, like giggling. I thought it funny. Sorry. you having like a salt burn situation going on <laughs> over there? So, he um Mareko and I were talking about flattening scales and I was saying that there's this attachment that people are making where it's like a channel and you put your scales in there and then there're these set screws that hold it and you can use on a surface grinder. He is going to be uh he's going to be using he's going to be selling them March 23rd. Um or he has them. He has them on his website uh the, the cool. TR maker surface grinding block holder and then allows you to use a, it allows you to hold scales and then flatten them down on uh your surface grinder nice so he yeah. listens to us and then he fucking pipes in every, every every time it's unbelievable nice we say we talk about it and he has it we talk about it and he has it
2: i'm excited i just got a notification my delivery is coming tomorrow from maritime
0: all right. Nice, yeah. Just in time. You put some. I think you put some candy in there. Mm. I'd be careful on what kind of candy. You never yeah. know. It's not the good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. My, <laughs> <laughs> wonder where it could be from. maritimeknivesupply.com <laughs> Oh boy.
1: Carl, let's go back to a few questions, shall all we? Right. Uh, where were we? Um, Luck knives, I believe. Um, any advice, tips for exhibiting at your first knife show? What do you think, Morocco? Any tips? Am I the
2: only one that's exhibited? I,
0: you're the only... I mean, I you, so. you're not the only one who's been in business. I mean, you, they, you're at the <laughs> exhibiting to be in business. And so it's like there's a business yeah. things too. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, yeah, I think uh, things to take into consideration are what your table is going to look like, um, how many knives you're going to bring. If they're super fancy knives, um, I would try to keep it limited to... Well actually I don't did he say where the show's from or where the yeah. show's at maybe blade texas or something Yeah
1: I make a confused I'm not sure if this is from luck knives or from gh knife shop actually This is from um, luck knives
2: no. This is from luck knives okay. okay okay cool Um but say say you're going to Atlanta or if I'm going to Atlanta what I'm trying to take in consideration is what uh, to the Atlanta Blade Show. What my table looks like. I don't want it to look like everybody else's. Um, because what happens. Is everything kind of becomes a blur. In a way. If everything just kind of looks the same. And so. Um, the, the shows do provide some sort of tablecloth. Or something like that. Um, but I usually cover it up. Or have a banner. Or have some. Or a combination of the two. I have little placards. Like if, uh, if I were to be pr- presenting at the show. I'd, I'd probably take try to take at least three or four knives uh, because they're kind of like higher-end, fancier knives. And and part of the idea behind that is, one, because they are time-consuming, there's only a a very limited number I can uh, do. But if there's too many of them on the table at the same time, it almost looks like they're too easy to make. And um, and there's just like this weird buyer psychology thing. Um, And this is coming from experience makers who have spoken to experienced collectors over the years and this has been their feedback um, or uh, advice I guess and, and and so that I've followed that um, and I'm trying to think what else uh, make sure you have snacks make sure you got water because it's if you're behind the table it's hard to feel comfortable walking away from the table because you never know when somebody might walk up and want to buy some of your stuff um, and so yeah, have food and, and snacks handy. Get to know your neighbors um, because there are going to be times when you got to run to the bathroom real quick or go grab some food maybe or whatever uh, or go visit somebody else's table. Um, that way your neighbors can help kind of cover or watch your table just more than anything and make sure nobody's stealing your shit. <laughs> um, Uh, You can keep your displays out, usually overnight, but you usually want a secondary cover of some sort to cover stuff, even though the rooms usually get locked down, especially at Blade Atlanta. um, The room gets locked down, there's security that's in there walking around and uh, kind of just keeping an eye on things. Um, But that just keeps people from unnecessarily touching or grabbing at things. At least it should help, I think. And then, yeah, if you can... I was going to say, if you can get a second person to go with you, so a lot of you guys have wives or girlfriends or whatever, or boyfriends or whatever, um, bring bring a partner, bring a friend, somebody to help maybe also watch the table instead of having to lean on your neighbors so much. Um, But yeah, I don't know. Those are just...
1: A couple of guess, shows yeah. I've gone to, I'd add to that by saying just sort of be present yeah. there and um, be welcoming to people come approaching for you sure. because I've been to a few and you just see people there and they're just talking to their to their buddies <laughs> and you know there are lots of people come over and look at the knives and they don't even acknowledge them, yeah. you know. Stand up you when know, I've somebody walks s- up look,
2: for sure. Exactly. They'll acknowledge them, down. try and
1: get try and get into a conversation with them. Don't just completely ignore them because at the end of the day if you spend a lot of money to, you know, exhibit there. Yeah. You want to take advantage of every sort of possible opportunity right. and just sort of brushing people off so that, you know, it's, it's not nice. Mm-hmm.
0: Have your payment information ready to go. Whatever yeah. services yeah. you're using, whatever uh, it, you have, your, if you're swiping cards, here's what I would do. What I would do is this. Those little swipers are bullshit. I, 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 or they're not bullshit. I just don't like them. And you can do that. That can be one thing. Or you can pre, you can put your knives on uh, your website if you have a website, and you have like a hidden link. And when somebody mm. wants one, they go to your, they go, they buy it off your website, and then you give it to them. That's a good way to do that. If you don't want to get oh, nice. involved with like. Yeah, that's yeah, what can I do. You could even print for, out
2: like a little card with a QR code, so it just goes straight to the sale page. Well,
0: or you know, yeah, or yeah. you could like if you're only having like five or six cards or whatever, you have them already preloaded on your website, and we have hidden links on our website where there's be a password. Yeah. And then you give them the link, and then you give them the password, and then they buy it direct, and then all of a sudden you're not responsible for the Wi-Fi, like. Atlanta, Atlanta Blade Show, I've told this story before. I, oh, was, buying, I was buying like $200, $200 worth of knife scales. This dude could not get, we were walking all over the place to get a signal. This motherfucker was sweating. He was red. He had like one of them tennis hats. His hair was coming out the top and he was pouring sweat because he could not get service. And it was a, he was walking around. He had to leave his table to try to get service. You got to figure out the best. The, the easiest way to get payment, and if it means you have to bring yourself a hotspot or you have to figure out a way to limit the problems, because that's all someone needs is a problem. Any problem, any way to make it not easy, you can lose a sale. Yeah. Especially if it's expensive. Um, if you want to take checks, take checks. If you want to figure it out, I like the idea. Like when I go to Maker Camp, I do, I'm not, I once did that goddamn card reader and i'm like fuck that i'm not doing that i'm not bringing that goddamn thing and plugging into my phone i'm not doing it so i had allison load everything up on the website and then people would have to go they could go from the you know go to their room or whatever they could buy it i give them the password and then they buy it and then i'll get a message saying that this was purchased by this person and i hand it to them that was the for me that was the easiest way to do it otherwise oh You, you gotta make it easy for people to buy stuff, otherwise it's like a disaster. And I think that people overlook that. Um that's what I would say. Yeah, I like and be that. nice. Yeah. And be nice. Be nice. Yeah. Be like a pro. Like be like you've been there before too. Don't act like it's your first time. Be act like you've been there before. That's like that's the key to life. Sometimes you gotta act like you've been there before. Yeah. Don't be, make a big deal about
2: it. Be ready to talk to a lot of people for a lot. Yeah. Like basically and don't be a dick. All day, every day. For hey, don't two, be a days. dick. Don't be a dick.
0: Don't be a dick.
2: Don't be a dick.
1: In all walks. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Look, we've just had a I don't know if you guys can see it, a message pop up saying time's up. It's going to finish in five minutes. So I don't know where they've limited oh, really? us. Let's I get the fuck out of here. On. That's unbelievable. Um well no, we've got five minutes. Um but I think that's a good call, especially if it's a two day um event. Because I think maybe people would be, you know, later on and they've got the link. yeah it's perfect you know i like that knife oh i'll I'll buy it now i can pick it up in the morning right yeah
0: i think it works well and then it's on them to get the service Mm -hmm. yeah do all our ad reads uh broadback ironworks (laughs) broadbackironworks.com ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) make this 2 by 72 grinder with all the attachments great grinder z- vertical horizontal love this thing all new attachments coming out with new attachments all the time they're fooling around with this they uh, got this rotary platen looking good looking forward to trying it out all the different stuff the adjustable work rests uh surface grinders uh all sorts of different stuff broadbreakironworks.com put in the promo code knife talk 10 10 off
1: yeah and, and, could, knife, and why would they do that? Why would they want to roll it back?
0: Because they don't want it. Because they're tired of going to knife print, and they're tired of getting everything autocadded. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta go in five minutes, right? Trying to shoe home these in in five minutes. minutes.
1: Okay, I'll tell everybody about KnifePrint because I'm a big fan, actually. I think it's great. Um, If, yeah, if you're new to CAD, computer aided design, or whatever we want, computer aided drafting, as we're now going to call it, um, KnifePrint is the place to go. Head on over to KnifePrint. You can design in the browser, no licensing, nothing like that. Um, And the great thing is you can then print out the knife. They'll laser cut it and ship it to you. Um, So great for prototyping and all that kind of stuff, KnifePrint.com. Okay. Thank you all for listening. I need to prepare an ad for next week now about these bloody sweets, yeah, don't everybody I? Everybody does. <laughs> oh, gee. Knife Talk Ten okay. gets you all the pussy candy you can, can get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh yeah, that'll work. That'll work. Okay. Well, we've got a few minutes. We're fine. Oh, okay. We're fine. Let's take a, let's take another question. Let's I think we're going to do the after here. show. Okay. Let's let's <laughs> ready. <laughs> After show.
0: What's what's in the after show this week, Jeff? What we got? Dude, I cannot handle TV anymore. I I there's I I did watch my wife and I watched this documentary on the making of uh We Are the World. You know the We Are the World (laughs) Oh I watched it last night. I thought it was amazing. It was great. Except for the fact that you're just like, Are they just gonna shit over everybody? (laughs) Well Bob Bob Dylan was basically a a, meme. Bob Dylan was a meme throughout. (laughs) She was just in beating. God <laughs> damn Where was that? Point Is that on camera yeah. oh my God Bob Dylan took Is a this, fucking whipping what's
1: the, the what's this the perfect night in pop or something like that it's called the, oh the best my God ever night in I pop.
0: swear to God I my wife was watching it's it funny. And she was watching so you gotta watch rest of this with me I'm like oh this
1: fucking song and it is interesting yeah. because how they figured it all out. I mean, it was a lot of work. I loved it. it was- I loved the fact that they were in a circle and they're all waiting for their bet and they're seeing all these legends in front of them. You yeah. Know, you know, Stevie Wonder. Huey Lewis is great. Amazing- yeah. yeah. And they're just like, <laughs> oh, here we go. And it gets to their point. But then Bob Dylan was just shitting himself. <laughs> that, that was the best. The best was like, well, and Bob Dylan came in and he's
0: like, the <laughs> There's and a it- choice when it- they no, real, thing-
2: <laughs> Breast milk science it's a thing and it's our thing we are by heart our mission is simple